welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libation. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is, is Life, life pairings. pairings. Because life is hard. So pair with alcohol. Let us hold hands and reach out to the dead. Ah, yes. Is there a Frank? A Fred? Someone whose name starts with a letter in the alphabet? Good, good. Okay, your relative is reaching out. Sir, if you'll please just knock to confirm your presence. Knock once, please. Knock. Knock. <coughs> knock. <coughs> Damn it, Daniel, you're supposed to knock the table. As today's life bearing is seances with flaming Dr. Pepper. Woohoo, we discuss uh, ectoplasmum, x-rays, and magicians. Woo. Yeah, dude. This is a fun one. This is like kind of a, I couldn't stop reading about it. I know. I could have spent 14 more. I'm like, I need to write a book on this because I could spend all <laughs> my life researching this. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's so scary and fun and not, and mm-hmm. it's kind of whatever you want it to be. It's just very interesting. And, and we'll talk about it, the way that it's kind of evolved from really the Victorian period into now and yeah, just totally changed. And it's very interesting. And there's a ton of psychology about it, which is cool. Tons of psychology. Well, it's, it's what, so what does this like world mean to you? Have you, did you ever have a Ouija board? Did you ever do any... I seances? never. No, I um, I'm sure we tried to do it while the craft. You know, remember that movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was very, I was very, very afraid of ghosts when I was younger, and probably yeah. still am a little bit now. So I've never played Ouija. Never seanced. My aunt told us <laughs> never to do it. She was like, never do yeah. that. And then I bought a Ouija board. and i was like this is gonna be so fun because me and my cousin it was it was truly after the craft which (laughs) yeah yeah we're discussing uh on uh doing movies for our uh for our fun segments for the the patreons that should be another Mm -hmm. that should be another one the craft because that was so influential that movie because it was it really sort of dug up like the teeny bopper seances and the going to the graveyards and the all holding hands light as a feather (laughs) <laughs> whatever yes yes you and know. like kind of that weird feminism of the yeah 90s. like the witches like revival and it yeah. did it was like stir up a lot nev camel campbell was at campbell, the height yeah. of her career yeah and Robin, everybody what's her name uh she's in the mentalist now <laughs> or i li- i literally have no idea who else was in that movie. she's the one that was in empire records <laughs> oh okay um, well there was the thing is, is like it just made me want to do stuff. Also, the the I'd say Nev Campbell's short hair was second only to the Rachel from Friends. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sure I tried to get my hair cut like that seven thousand times. I wanted it just like shoulder length, but the thing is, she has like such a specific face and body type mm-hmm. that, like, of mm-hmm. course, she looked so cute like that. Yeah, I cut it, and they were just like, "Okay, is that hockey hair, you cute little boy?" I was like, "No, <laughs> it's the Nev Campbell. I'm doing the Nev." <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we bought a Ouija board and then we yeah. did it all the time. And then I swear, because I was so scared, I mean, I could have really have been anything, but I mm-hmm. threw it in the garbage because I was like just so scared of it. Right. I'm scared the pants off me. And my aunt was yeah. like, don't you do that. You could bring bad things into this world. You don't know what you're doing. Really gave me heck for it. So I, mm-hmm. I panicked. I wrapped it up in a blanket. I put it in a garbage bag and I threw it outside in the garbage. And yeah. I was cleaning out my stuff like 10 years later from my parents' basement and it was in there. No. And I mean, maybe my mom was just like, don't throw out games. <laughs> like thinking okay, yeah, it was like a board game likely. of some kind. She was just like, yeah. the nerve. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really could have been anything, but I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now, I threw it out. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. So we either got another one at some point or my mom mm-hmm. brought it in the house. Or, or it came um, itself back in. Or it willed itself, itself back, back in. into that bookshelf yeah. filled with books and, and, and games. Either <laughs> oh. way, it's it, it's still thinking about about it. Anytime anyone's like, yeah. let's do a Ouija. I'm like, no fucking way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> but yeah. I was stressed to the tits about oh. it. It scares me. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's some pretty interesting psychology surrounding this, Carla. Yeah. It's um, why why do we believe it? I think like the questions I was trying to figure out psychology mm-hmm. wise. One, why do we believe this? Right. Two, what can like even no matter what proof there is, we seem to want to still believe something crazy is happening. Yeah, yeah. And should we introduce this sort of spiritualism aspect of what this is? Yeah, I quick. mean so. Because that's what led into this seances thing. I don't seances. I don't know. I did not. I found most of the stuff I found out historically was from Victorian period on. Um, so it gained popularity in the Victorian period due to the sort of increasing focus away from religion and instead on rationality and science, which then led to like kind of a um, a kickback. So like religious people were actually looking for evidence and they were using this as a way to speak to their dead family and friends people were dying a lot of the time too like i think the average lifespan was something like 50 so there are a lot of dead people to talk to probably if you're well yeah or like yeah so yeah dude it's this came from well and it 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 came from that yeah that's the funniest thing in the world to me though because it's basically you know religious people believing in like a christian god and then straying from that because they no longer believe that to believing in another thing that they can't see and then both religions being like you prove it to me and the other one's like you prove it to me (laughs) but apparently it wasn't like against religion or anything so you would go to church the next day but you could have a seance the saturday night before which is not something that we sorry say that again so like it's not um if you were going to church the next day yeah it would be totally normal for you to be having a seance on saturday it wasn't seen as like anti like against well this is the thing though i i found some some things that sort of contradict that because like in the old testament uh Mm -hmm. in leviticus god forbade the people to seek out mediums oh yeah yeah but so I think there during was this time for some reason that's switched. Yeah, like it's so in strange. sort of the 19th century, you say? Yeah, like that switched and it was suddenly okay to be talking to your dead relatives because it wasn't seen as like anything to do with devil or anything like that. That's a more modern thing that we can go into later. But 
um I apparently actually I'll just give you this fact um apparently it was that it was totally seen like especially with the Ouija board it was seen as like a totally normal thing like very innocuous just as like a nice fun thing maybe as a tool to talk to your dead relatives um but when in the exorcist came out in 1973 the character was um and i don't remember this because i haven't seen it in a long time but apparently the the main character the little girl uh became possessed by a demon after playing with the ouija board and literally from then on it was seen as a tool of the devil and it had not been that it had not had that association until that movie isn't that so so fucking crazy? crazy Yeah, because yeah. that's so important to like our psyche. What like modern media or pop mm-hmm. culture has on our belief system? Because like yeah. that was a movie someone made. Yeah, that like that like just like I just understood why people are Scientologists. <laughs> that's where my brain. Went. I was like, oh, I get it. We just like see a thing and think it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, isn't that? But, it, but yeah, so that's what we're talking about. It's not seen. It wasn't during that time, up until 1973. It was seen as like a seances were fine. They weren't, you know, it wasn't a devil worshiping thing. It wasn't. Was just to like. So I have a little like. So we we were talking about kind of like that that rev, like all of a sudden people wanted to communicate with the dead. They wanted to talk mm-hmm. to the relatives, and and then you were saying like too like uh, people it switched. Uh, in 1848, there were two American sisters uh, mm-hmm. named Kate and Margaret Fox. One was 14 uh, and one was 11. And oh. the girls announced they were going to contact the spirit world. To the astonishment of their parents, they got a reply that night. <laughs> the oh. Fox sisters chatted to a ghost haunting the New York's, oh. their New York State home using a code, one tap for yes, two taps for no. Word spread, and soon the girls were demonstrating their sk- <laughs> their skills in four hundred locals. Uh, to th- oh, sorry, demonstrating their skills to four hundred locals at the town hall. So, like immediately, they were like, "Oh, proof!" So also, that like dives creepy. into the psyche. Children like, are doing creep. I don't like it that it's children. Are yeah, I don't like it that it's kids either. <laughs> Okay, so everybody's looking for proof. They're looking for proof. Who knows more about uh, dead spirits and talking to the dead than 12-year-olds? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, but it and is always creepier. You talked about this in last week's episode when we were doing sleep paralysis about sometimes like you'd have some of your like your younger nephews or whatever talking to talking to the wall or something. And I'm sure oh, it's yeah, nothing. My, it's yeah. just like, but for some reason in our heads, we think like, oh, they must be because they just got born like shorter than us. They, they're they closer to it a, yeah there's like a better connection to the spirit world or something which is bullshit and means nothing but it's still a thing in my head that i'm like oh yeah okay watch it well, with that, kids <laughs> but this is the thing too is like i don't think we expect kids to lie about that no because they seem like they seem innocent and they seem like they're not in a position to like make that up and they don't have that information mm-hmm. really from anywhere else so it wouldn't really serve them to just like make that like for him right. he's two so like for yeah. me when i see him like react to something that's not there i'm like oh god <laughs> <laughs> and presumably you- these girls are you know they're they're a little older. They're 11 and 14. Kind of when you like, start to realize like, oh, I could make a thing up. 
Oh. I could do... So this is the thing. Everyone starts to trust these girls. And that's the, mm-hmm. the part of the psychology is if you are waiting, if you want something to be true... Right. The evidence doesn't really need to be that substantial. So if I yes. if I want to I want there to be ghosts or I want to think that I'm connecting to a medium um yeah. it's it's not it like the wind will blow and you think that it's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like confirmation that's confirmation bias. It is confirmation bias. So they're saying like one of the things I found was that when something happens it you will find every reason to make the thing that's not really that true true and find rational normal like explanations to be just preposterous right so one of the so so i'll go on to tell you a little bit more about so what happened with these girls was just like Mm -hmm. um spoiler alert they fucking made it up no they made it up they made it up they were just like i always say children are psychopaths and there you go well they actually the frontal cortex of your brain is not fully developed until you're 25 years old so it's actually you are kind of a little sociopath Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you are trying you're just desperately trying to survive like it is it is just instinctual and inherent to the human fucking complex you are trying to survive are not murdered by other children is it's a miracle just astounding to me it's well i mean they i mean the lord of the flies is a perfect example of just like what would happen if they went on think of the anger that you had with your brother when he stole your toy i don't think i've ever been that angry in 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 more modern you know in my adult life yeah i don't think so yeah i but he's still alive i didn't kill him Yeah, he's. Uh, but that's a. That's only because the intervention of somebody with a fully developed probably cortex. probably my mom was like, put that shovel down, dude. My cousin stabbed my or no, my cousin hit my other cousin in the head with an axe. Yeah, fuck. Like when they were like ten, and she still has the scar from it. I mean, she oh he, he 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 axed her. Axed her. <laughs> He tried to axe murderer. <laughs> and it was God. like, and I mean, we all still just like go to Thanksgiving, like nothing happened because you were just like, oh, remember that time when you couldn't make rational choices? Thank God our yep. parents were there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is the thing is it's kind of in this time where everybody's starting to be like, okay, it's okay to do this. We need proof. We want to see it. We want this. And then these sisters are like, we found proof. We discuss. we figured out a way to communicate with the dead. Now they're demonstrating it at town halls. Now people are like, oh my God, it's true. Right. So adults start to get in, in, in on it. Yeah. So it's just like it, it started to attract some of the biggest thinkers of the day. They called the religion spiritualism. It was kind of a new branched off thing. They started like, okay, we believe in these spirits. We want to contact them. So like as Alfred Russell uh, Wallace, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, mm-hmm. like later spent years promoting spiritualism between mm-hmm. knocking uh, some of them were who, what was it Alfred Doyle that was writing Sherlock Holmes? Who was that? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He was also the one that got conned by the the two girls that said that they had gone into their backyard and found fairies. <laughs> if you've ever seen pictures of two girls with these little fairies um on the internet, it's he they he also believed that they did it. They also <laughs> were lying. So yeah. Poor so that's Arthur the thing. Conan Doyle. Oh, Arthur, oh. Doyle. you fucking the knobhead. greatest so that... writer of detectives. 
Well, because he was kind of living in like La La Land anyway. So it was almost like, oh, yeah, like I like (laughs) these stories. I want these to be real. I want, you know. True. So it's especially if it's if it's right now, too, in that period where kind of like you said, like everything's starting to change where we're allowed to ask questions now. You know, it's not the sort of religious dogma or whatever they're following. So I can see where like in the absence of religion, almost you coming up with this new religion and but it's kind of scientific because you're you're testing things, I guess, in a way. Well, that I mean, that is the definition of science. It's like testing and seeing, you know, if the test worked, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, proving but, but, your proving your hypothesis but, over and over again. But with that kind of confirmation bias about like almost needing to fill a religious void, maybe I don't know. Yeah, like the mixing of the two is interesting to me because a lot of like mm-hmm. religions like base themselves on faith. Like it's like just yes, yes, hope that just hope that it's happening. <laughs> so yes, so that totally was in 1948 when those. So when the, that was in 1948 when those girls did that, and then they right. they admitted in 19 in 18 or sorry 1848, and that and then in 1888 they were like it's fake. Mm. We we oh, faked so it all quite a while for quite a while, while after. Later. So even after yeah. that, though, people still were like, no, it wasn't fake. They're like, no, we were <sighs> faking it. Um, so that's the thing. Yes. We, you said this earlier. You mentioned this earlier. Spiritualism thrives in more than 350 churches in Britain. Like, it's crazy. Really? It's still? Yeah. Huh. Still. Like, it's like. It's I mean, it's, it is one of those things that's like, it's a very nice feeling, right? To be able yeah. to talk to your dead relatives. Um, that they're, you know, still out there in a way. I yeah, get that. that's exact. But that 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 kind of leans into more of the like you want that to be you. They're gone, so you need to talk mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, you need to feel that connection. So it the it leans into the confirmation bias. It leads into like I I want this to be real so bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's especially if of, it's like a recent loss too, right? Like that's yeah. Well, that's and and if it's a recent loss, so I I mean I know there's lots of different angles from this, but I've heard from a lot mm-hmm. of different people who go to see a psychic or go to see a whatever, like they have to wait three week or three months or something to after the person's died to go and get into some psychics. I don't know why this is. It's just like a thing. Of I like, do. I know. Oh, why. do you? Okay. Yeah, research. You, oh you give shit! Give the person three months to do research. <laughs> just like all this shit well this is the okay. thing i mean i don't want to like touch on too many other things because so anyways this article mm-hmm. is from the guardian.com uh, which is amazing um but th- it starts to t- touch on you know like just like any sort of paranormal activity it starts to touch mm-hmm. on um you know like going to see psychics and mediums and this this is really about the, the why we're doing seances why we're trying to like bring people back and it's yeah. it's it's just that you just want to you want to know it's 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 you it's the same as like looking up into the sky and being like there's aliens up there and then seeing like a satellite blast by and being like alien ship (laughs) (laughs) that's an alien (laughs) that right there and it's like so you're desperately wanting these confirmations you want somebody to just be like hey i see you you're okay this is what happens when you die uh i can still talk to you they're happy yeah, I'm okay. This- I got to a good place. I'm not just in the ground. I'm in heaven. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were like, yay. Um, yeah. It, but it it's just, honestly, the reason why we want to do it more often than not is just to sort of soothe our own 
uh, psyche just to be right. like, I I'm okay if they're okay. Yeah. And then it, then it, it, there, some people are like, tell me something I don't know. Are you right. all around us? Or are you just in the trees? Like, you know, it's very, <laughs> we want to know. And, and, and I yeah. can't say that I'm not guilty of this. Like a, a lot of, mm. you know, you know, I look for signs and everything. I look for mm-hmm. confirmation and everything. Like I'm waiting to, I think we all know whether we want to admit it or not, everything you do, you kind of are like, it, did I make the right choice? Yeah. And that's really what this is, is just like, will somebody from the other side tell me, you know, conf- give me more knowledge Everything than I have? Is. Yeah. Yeah. So I See, mean, and the uh, thing I keep thinking about is like, okay, so what if I wanted to to um, talk to a dead relative? I'm like, the 90% of my relatives would be like, holy shit, this works? Like, what the fuck? That would be their response. <laughs> they're just like, oh Not my like, God. They're like, oh, you're doing the right thing. They'd be like, go get a proper job. Like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> just your long line of engineers would be like, what is yeah. your problem? Stop doing weird social and literature. Go get a job in the mine. <laughs> not doing mine we don't have a lot of mine <laughs> just our old just our old dead relatives are just like you're not working hard enough there is that what you needed to find out grab yeah. a shovel um, <laughs> quit lazing around uh they still have coal on them they're covered in coal dust <laughs> yeah. they like, like died oh in 1992 god. you're like what is, what's happening yeah, I'm like, oh my god, are you sick? They're like, no, I'm covered in coal dust. I've been working. See how you're clean and I'm dirty? That means you don't yeah. work hard enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it really comes down to just us needing some sort of confirmation. Whether that be, you know, are they okay? Whatever. It's just like, we want to know. And mm-hmm. there's something really tickles you about knowing something somebody else doesn't. Yeah. Like, oh, I have this experience and I know more than you. Or that's what religion is, too. It's just like, uh, there's somebody waiting for me on the the other side that controls everything and tells me what to do. And he only talks to me. Yes. And you're like, I think you're high on drugs, dude. You're like, I see that. I'm like, because I've been high on drugs and I know what that feels like. (laughs) And it sometimes feels like somebody's talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and there's so many, I mean, this is such a, I, I will pin this article because it's, it's honestly, it, it pretty much debunks like the origin story or, you know, the origin story debunks the, why we think these things work. Like the, you yeah. know, they started setting up different when they invented the Ouija board, they started like setting up the table so that it was like, there were like pockets in the table that would move. Also, mm. another thing is, is when it's dark, you're like have heightened senses so you right. just kind of hear everything, like your yeah. your eyesight goes away, so you start to hear things. Also, it's dark, so they can knock and move the table. Um, yeah. A lot of times, people were lifting the table, right, so that it was like the the thing would move, spirit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like the little thing would move with everybody's hand on it. Also, just like your hands have like involuntary movement in them, like mm-hmm. so. E- uh, gravity just sort of dictates where that's going to go. So if everybody's sort of pulling on it from a different angle, yeah, it just happens. Like, you know, another thing is to, uh, the longer you think something has happened. So like, let's say like, okay, we had a seance and mm-hmm. 
you and I were in a room and it was dark and we all of a sudden we heard a voice, but we didn't quite know what it was. At the time, you're like, okay, uh, we heard that voice and uh, we, don't, we can't explain it. But ask us in three months. Yeah. And now the details are blurry. Right. Now we're like, oh, yeah, we heard the voice. Yeah, we both heard it. We both heard yeah. it at the same time. Oh, how loud was it? What did they say? It's like you start to invent details and you start to think because you, you've convinced yourself. Yeah. So and especially lot- if at the time you're in a heightened state of fear, you're yeah. going to remember feeling scared. Therefore, there must have been something that was scary to make you feel like that. Yeah. Your brain just wants to make up details. So yeah. as much as you don't think you're lying, you've you've created kind of a narrative to what that was. And you start to, over time, just believe that that's true. Yeah. So what they were doing is with a lot of this stuff is like they knew that. So they would like do these things and they would come back a bunch like, you know, like even if it was a couple of weeks later, everybody had time to be like that really happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just all just your brain. I mean, I in my personal opinion, like I've had a lot of inexplicable things happen. I believe Mm -hmm. there's something that's like there sometimes i just feel like it's just another dimension we can't feel right kind of all around us but i have no confirmation of that and i and and i'm a pretty like logical person so i to to say like out and out this is what happened this is what's surrounded i think it's hard to it's it's the inexplicable that we're desperately trying to explain all the time yes yeah and i think the big that like you mentioned especially with the seances the it being dark, it being, um, you know, quiet and stuff. I was watching, um, there's a really good BuzzFeed show where these two guys always go investigate paranormal <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, uh, like, they have all this tech or whatever, and uh, they're walking through the forest, and they're like, oh, my God, what's that? What's that? What's that? With, like, to every noise. And then, but if you walk through the fucking forest, <laughs> dude, you're like, it's kind of noisy in here. Like, birds are doing stuff like the wind is moving stuff but when you're in that heightened like oh we're trying to like contact the dead yeah everything is yeah is a confirmation of well also just lay in your room at night yeah like you don't like something there's something about the light and the day and the noises that typically happen birds chirping and everything's awake and everything's moving so you sort of discount movement but yeah. At nighttime, things are still moving. Your house creaks yeah. and settles and the wind blows and everything like that. There is something pretty, like, you. as soon as it gets dark and you lay there and you're still, you can hear everything mm. move. Yes. So, like, The way to get a- rid of that is to get a cat because then you're just like, oh, that's the cat. Oh, that's yeah. the cat. Even if well, I mean, I, I, you know, my, fri- you know, just the sound of your fridge turning on, the sound of your mm-hmm. heat kicking in, the sound of your your house settling. Like, I mean, it creaks and cracks and settles all the time. Yeah, yeah. The sound of like, you know, you, you everyone thinks they don't have mice in their house. They probably do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's there's too many creaks and cracks for them to slip in. Like, you just it, you hear shit. I hear shit in my vents all the time. Like I'll just mm-hmm. hear like little creaks and something. And I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some sort of mouse in the house, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I, I mean, I often don't th- like th- those sorts of noises. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you're you've been watching something scary, yeah, um, or like even if you went to one of these seances and you come home, 
this is the you know, thing that, is then like, that can get wrapped up into your memory like you kind of said and then maybe in two weeks you you're equating weird things that happened after to this thing oh yeah before, dude and- sometimes i get a new light one time i got a new light <laughs> and the light like burnt up like like i put it in and it kind of like smashed i don't know what happened to it yeah and then i was like oh that light's cursed <laughs> like i just it was like a salt <laughs> lamp and then i put it in there and i was like bad energy and i was like took it out of my room and then i was like okay but like that was actually pretty expensive <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, gonna get a new it, light I'm bulb. Return this. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I think it just touched the hot side, to be honest. <laughs> I don't really know if it was just like it was like kind of just a splody light bulb, but right. Oh yeah. We want it we just our brains want to constantly make sense of things we can't make sense mm-hmm. of. That's that's what they do. It just yeah. we're like little mathematicians. Our little heads are just like constantly doing equations. And if it can't figure it out, we just try to find something else we just try to make it so that we understand it. Yeah. We're just like, oh, yeah, it was this. And then you go, oh, no. And the thing I think, maybe we didn't mention this, I can't remember what the second part is, but the first part of it is, so these the people that can do this, it's not like they're, I mean, yes, okay, fine, they're probably common artists, but they have a talent of being able to do cold readings. Yeah. Um. So they can kind of like ask questions and watch for your reaction, watch for your body language or whatever. So they can pick up on little cues to confirm their whatever they want to help you confirm. Um, They've they've studied behavior. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, like some of these people were like, you know, the the one guy that uh, we're talking about here, Mm -hmm. he's a magician. Who, which guy? Um, Oh, are you going to talk? Are you going to talk about Darren this in Brown? a second? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to talk about Darren Brown. Okay. Yeah, well, Darren Brown is... Um, he is... Uh, actually, it's Professor Richard Wiseman, a psychologist and a magician. Mm-hmm. Uh, they created uh, Darren Brown uh, uh, illusion television thing. So, yeah, this is a big thing in the UK, right? Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. So there's uh, well, is it, it just... was like when I was there. Yeah, like he has his own TV show. I think for a while, he did a thing where he predicted the lottery. Like you know the um, yeah that come out for the lottery. He did a thing where he predicted the lottery numbers. Um, it's just and it, yeah, and but it came out. It's... Yeah, and it came out like that, but um. It's all he shows exactly how he can do it. Like he seeds people's brains with imagery before they come into the theater. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's well. It's just like it, this is. It's he's literally a psychologist and a magician, and him and his buddy co-created the this television mm-hmm. show and this theory, and they basically just make it so you think that you know it's tricks. It's it's illusions. And it's yeah. just, they just think, like, um, Penn and Teller do a little bit of this too. Cause yeah. it's just to show like, like, and Darren Brown will be like, this is fake. I am manipulating you right now. I'm doing this thing. And then I'll open an envelope and it'll have, you know, the, the sentence or whatever that he's, that, and everyone's like, oh my God. And he's like, no, this is a thing. I did this. <laughs> um, there's a video actually online. I didn't get to watch most of it because. There's too much research for this thing, but where he does a science seance, um, and people know like he's not, he's not a magician, but they're like, 
Oh no. They're like, oh no, that is real. So, I mean, those the psychics on TV that get you to call and it's a dollar a minute. Yeah. Then yeah. people, I mean, they're there because people keep paying to do it. People want to yep. know. So know. it's whatever it is about our brain that is like, tell me the things. Yeah. Just like, we cannot deal with somebody being like, you'll never know. We're like, yeah. oh, okay. That's but. why I hate magicians because I don't like not knowing. <laughs> I hate magicians because they make us look stupid. They're always <laughs> just like, it, the whole premise of a magician is basic to, basically just to be like, hey, I can you're you. dumb watch yeah yeah here's how here's how you're stupid and you're just like oh i am stupid how'd you do that they're like i can't tell you go to the yeah. magician yeah i um yeah i've only recently gonna because andy's got me a little bit more independent teller and they do show a lot of the stuff that they, how they do it um and now i'm okay with it and i've seen like sleight of hand like up close magician like magicianry is that a thing um and it is very impressive i mean that's the thing it's like these people are very talented. Oh yeah, at this thing. Um. So yeah. Anyways, um. One thing, a couple of little like tricks, I guess. Yeah. That they use, uh, holding hands. Yep, I saw That's that. A seance thing. Why because then be? you can't. Because so then you can't feel the table moving or whatever. Yeah, or like you can't be like putting your hands under the thing and then accidentally the guy that's like moving the table. <laughs> brushes past your hand because you're like what's going on under here they're like don't touch anything um you kind of mentioned with the ouija board apparently what happens is like so it'll go towards like let's say we're asking a question is there a spirit here the answer is well what you would expect would be yes right uh so you're gonna look at the why and apparently micro movements all this stuff it doesn't take very much but because we are looking at the why our hands actually will go towards the why yeah it's just your brain yeah it's the involuntary movements of your your hands it's just like it's still connected to your brain Mm -hmm. they still Mm -hmm. want like subconsciously it's gonna do take you where you want to go yeah but you won't and it's not even like in that there's also the weird kind of thing is like then because your brain knows the next letter is e so you'll look at the e and then it moves so it's not even that we're thinking of anything that you know anybody's doing anything nefarious it's just that's how your our brains logically are working they're constantly moving to the next thing expecting an outcome and then (laughs) our hands just go to the fucking outcome (laughs) which is so funny actually because it's just Mm -hmm. like our brains are so, I mean, this is, like, you're so far ahead of where you think you are. That's how you're able to make, like, split-second decisions because it's mm-hmm. actually already computed for that moment. It's like when you're yeah. driving, you're taking in, I think it's, like, you're observing, like, 300 different things per second. I can't I can't remember what the numbers yeah. are. But it's just, like, you don't know that. Like, you're... And, you, you, and your you're brain not, doesn't retain it either. No, it's just in and out, in and out, in and out. It's yeah. just, like... But it's how you're able to drive is because you can sort of uh, guess what the next thing is going to be because it's like images are flashing at you 300 images per second. And you're then like putting them in a we're like little computers. We're like, okay, this Mm -hmm. this is important. This is the next like it's just like it's like preemptive text almost. (laughs) Our brains are preemptively texting all the time. It's like, did you mean this? Did you mean that? And then it's like 
it just like malfunctions and we car crash we're like oh yeah. fuck you weren't oh, thinking no. anything you weren't even looking <laughs> i was doing my job your job is just yeah. to point the computer in the proper direction exactly yeah and i think yeah. um that and and what we remember from a drive like lots of times you drive you don't really remember <laughs> the drive but if say someone says something surprising or makes some kind of uh connection yeah you're gonna remember that you're not gonna remember that they said, hey, is there anybody with the name Derek, Dan, Dennis, <laughs> yeah. Donald? You're like, oh, my name's Donald. That's what you're going to remember. Yeah, because they're just going to go through you're, these. You're filtering out so much information and so much that all that other stuff is just, you're not going to remember it. No. Well, the, so and then like back again to the um, like after a while you just start like you just remember what was important and it mm -hmm. just like gets exponential so like in like three weeks you're just gonna remember like they they just said this and it just gets a yeah. little bit more and more and you start to seed out what's not important to you because you can't retain all that information all the time right so if they but, ask you 10 questions and they get one right yeah. eventually you're just gonna only remember that one right thing because that's the thing that you have an emotional tie to as well i think well, they even did an experiment that they were just like, it was just, uh, it was that Nyman and, um, mm -hmm. uh, what's his name there, uh, for the Derek Brown people that created it. Oh, yeah. They did yeah. a little experiment where they just, uh, Nyman took the role of the medium and then they just sat 152 people around a table. Yeah. Uh, they did it with a, and they, they, or like they did it with 152 different people and they'd sit people around a table and then they'd encourage this, like saying, like lift the table higher, lift the table. The table is moving now, and they would just say it. Right. And then two weeks later, when they contacted 152 of those people, one third of them incorrectly told them, "Yes, the table moved." Oh. Even though it didn't move. Right. So, like two thirds were like, "No, nah, it didn't move," but one third was like, "Yes, moved." Huh. And they, as long as you get them as paying customers, they're going to return back. That's one third of you know what I mean. Like, uh, that's still you know ten out of every thirty people are going like I believe this. I'll pay for this. I think yeah. this is a thing. And that's all you really need to retain. Like if you're retaining a one third cust one third of your customers all the time, you're doing pretty good yeah. business wise. That's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like yeah, it's just it's just planting suggestions in your mind and and you hoping to understand what's happening. Mm hmm. And, so, yeah. and it makes you make the connections too a little bit too, these seances. Definitely. Can you give us a little history, Carla? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to do Helen Duncan, who was a very popular uh, medium or uh, <laughs> a seancer. That's not what she performed seances. Um, <laughs> at, in the sort of early 20th century, especially into the 30, 20s, 30s, and 40s. So, um, and she is apparently one of the only people that can call spirits into physical form. Oh. Generally, when you go to a seance, they're like, oh, I can, I'm talking to so blah, blah, blah. So that's all you get is maybe they speak through you, but that's it. Right. Um, so she was born in 1897 in Persia, uh, Scotland. She, as a child, would speak to thin air and freak the fucking village out all the time. <laughs> Which is so funny because you would just like, if you just found out, like, 
watching my nephew right now, he, sometimes if he figures out something's funny at two, he just does it over and over again. Right. Yeah. So if people are like, yeah, that freaks you. That freaks us That's, all out. She's like, oh, yeah. I'll just do it over and over. Again. Do it over again. Yeah. Uh, but apparently she knew the names of long dead relatives of people in the village and she knew information that, you know, she shouldn't be able to know. So obviously she people were like, all right, well, your kid's weird. So we're just going to keep her in a corner. No one burn her. <laughs> uh, she left school and her hometown and started working at the Dundee Royal Infirmary where she met her husband and he encouraged her to use these powers. So she started working as a clairvoyant medium um, talking to the spirits, giving people information. Apparently, she gave very complex information that would have been hard to find out. I mean, you can't Google people at this time. You don't have Facebook. Uh, in 1926, she was so popular, she started holding public seances. So rather than sort of what we traditionally think of as like around the table, she would be on stage and, and kind of do is it one of those... They, on TV sometimes there's people that do this. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, is there a Derek in the audience or something? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like I'm stuck on Derek. Like John <laughs> Edwards. Yeah. Like that was the American That's version it, yeah. of it. Yeah. Like John yes. Edwards would be like, is there a Devin? I mean, Darren. <laughs> I mean, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she toured Britain performing these seances. And then what would happen during these seances is a she would emit a cloud-like sub- substance from her mouth, which she said was ectoplasm, in which <laughs> spirits were said to appear talking and touching their relatives. So like <laughs> an image, like a face would appear in this cloud of ectoplasm. Oh, yeah. So that's what I mean by like bringing them into a physical form. They're actually in the room with you. Ooh. Um, she would connect with her spirit partner, Peggy, who had a young girl's voice uh, and would speak through Duncan. So apparently one of the things that's like very confirmation-ish is that there's this contrast of a 20, she was a, quite a big lady, 20 stone woman, which is 20 times 14. I should have done this before. <laughs> 20 times 14 is, well, it'd be 140 times two. So, 280. 280. So she was 280 pounds or yeah. 20 stone. Um, and there was this tiny little girl's voice coming out of her. Oh. So obviously, you know, I'm can't a little do that. girl. Yeah. You yeah. can't do that unless it's a ghost. That's um, only ghost talk. I'm a <laughs> girl. I I'm can't even believe you're I can't even believe you're still here and not scared of what just happened. <laughs> um there are actual if you if you Google her, um, there are images of her with like a puppet-like figure kind of beside her. It's clearly fake. But apparently these are not real pictures. These are marketing material to show what it would look like if you came to one of her shows because she never allowed uh, cameras into the seances. Okay. So you can go online and look at them and they're creepy as shit, but... They're not apparently the real stuff. So people said that in their audiences, you know, these faces would appear. They looked incredibly real. When she was in north of England at one point, she told an audience member that her sister had died. And the woman was like, no, it's just, you know, like at home. She's got a cold, but she's fine. Afterward, she found out that her sister had died an hour and a half before the woman had attended the seance. 
Oh my god. So that's hard to get that kind of information. I don't know how you do that. Here's the thing: um, is like I, I'm, I'm being a big shot, but I believe all mm-hmm. of this. Like I'm like, oh god, <laughs> get me in touch with her. <laughs> um, apparently, even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle would materialize at her sittings. Just leave him alone, man. Yeah, <laughs> he would death. Just leave him alone. He's just like, are you, are you here to embarrass me? <laughs> oh. Um, 1930, uh, the Spiritualist Society tested her and found that she could produce ectoplasm from the tip of her tongue. Now, okay, so the people that are testing her are the Spiritualist Spiritualist Society, the and, Society okay. of Spiritualists. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> they did very thorough research. And there, uh, none uh, of their names were followed by the letters P, H, or D. <laughs> so <laughs> after this, Harry Price, who's a skeptic decided he was going to hire her for four private sessions uh, for approximately $4,000 in today's money in U.S. dollars. Ugh. Yeah. She's making a good good money. She's making a kill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he guessed that she was swallowing cheesecloth and then would vomit it up. But <laughs> someone noted, well, hey, that's not easy. I mean, you can do it. There's sword swallowers. There's weird people that can do stuff like that. Yeah. But apparently she would have had to swallow the equivalent of a bedsheet. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm getting a lot of this from uh, Curious Characters podcast and then trying to refute it with other things that I've had. So, <laughs> um, um, but I got to be honest with you, sometimes I could swallow a bedsheet in fruit roll-ups. So like, <laughs> could you vomit it back up and project an image onto it, though? Who knows? <laughs> um. So then he asked if he could do an x-ray on her, obviously, to see if she had swallowed <laughs> a bedsheet. Okay. She's cloth. Uh, she got very upset, said the spirits had warned her that it was very dangerous for her to be x-rayed. I mean, back then it maybe was a little bit uh, dangerous to be x-rayed. Uh, so apparently she freaked out, stripped naked, and ran outside. And she only came back after her husband calmed her down and agreed to proceed with the x-ray. But before Price did the x-ray, he asked the husband, hey, did she pass you anything? Can you show me anything in your pockets? Oh. And he's like, no. So Price is like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do this then because you guys are obviously like, he may have said something mean that called her fat. But yeah, uh, in the fourth session, though, she finally produced this ectoplasm with a face and Price grabbed it. Tried to cut a piece off, and immediately it disappeared back into her mouth. He tested it, and it was paper covered in egg white. <laughs> cool. So, but how do, how you do that, and how then a face appears? I don't. It's Here's confusing. what. Also, just like okay, let's say it is paper covered in egg white. How yeah. many things did she have to stick in her mouth I, before she got to that conclusion? She's like leaves. No, leaves aren't working. <laughs> okay, how about paper clips? Fuck. Oh my no, god. That my bad. Stomach. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> when she died, they're like, what did she die of? Eating things to find out what would smoke. <laughs> yeah. She was actually convicted in 1933 in Edinburgh for fraudulent mediumship. Yeah. That. Okay. Tracks. <laughs> I don't know if that's being a fraud, being a medium that's fraudulent or being a who knows anyways she she paid she was fined 10 pounds 
She, uh, and one, <laughs> she's like, I make four thousand dollars a second. Yeah, exactly. Here's your ten yeah, pounds. Like, no one cares. <laughs> in one session, she went behind a curtain and started to produce the ectoplasm. They then pulled back the curtain to reveal a full-bodied form that moved to the front row uh, towards a man who then went catatonic. Ooh. And the ghost said to his companion that that man was being naughty, he was gambling, he needed to pay better attention to his family. If they <laughs> wanted proof that the ghost was real, there was a picture of this ghost, or, well, him as a human, uh, in a picture behind another picture on the wall. And the ghost had, like, scars and was missing an eye, and when they looked behind the, when they went home and looked at the, behind the picture, they found a picture that matched the ghost that had appeared. Um, scary stuff yes now this is the coup de, coup de gras this is the thing that i don't know how she did this i mean i don't understand how she did most of this but this one i don't this is, blows my mind so she decided during world war ii to give a seance in portsmouth which is uh like a port town south of in south england uh and she called forth a sailor and he appeared wearing a hat that said hms barnum now, this is during World War II. Everybody knew that that was a boat and that it was safely floating around and, and was fine. But the ghost said that it had sunk and killed 862 people. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So someone in the audience phoned, was part of the army, not army, the naval world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he called the Admiralty and was like, oh, is everything okay with this boat this ship uh and they were like yep yep it's totally fine everything's fine and the person that like obviously answered back to him was like i gotta go uh, check this with the higher ups <laughs> and when they did they found out that they were keeping the sinking of the barum secret in mm-hmm. order to keep up morale and that it had sunk i think like a month before or something uh so this freaks out everybody obviously up in the um high echelons of the of the war world because it's basically sounds like someone has leaked information to helen right um so they actually had so they had her arrested on vacancy but they couldn't hold her very long and allegedly what the the whole thing is behind this is that the d-day normandy landings were coming up and so they didn't want her releasing any details about when it was, where it was, all that stuff, right? Uh, so they charged her with obtaining funds through fraudulent means, and they also charged her with the 1735 Witchcraft Act. Oh, they brought uh, it back. <laughs> they brought it back. So this is a crime for a person to claim any human being had magical powers or was guilty of practicing witchcraft. Okay. It held a sentence of one year's imprisonment, and it was supposed to stop the hunting and executing of witches, which Scotland was real good at, uh, so was Britain. <laughs> it did get um, a little out of control there for a little it while. It got a little out of control. So that's why they brought this in, was basically they were saying, like, there are no such thing as witches. Stop burning ladies just because they've got a mouth on them. That's not <laughs> witchcraft. Um, but it, it is illegal for you to say that you have powers or that you are practicing 
Oh, okay. So it was, it was both ways. It was like, hey, stop burning people and stop saying you have magic powers. Exactly. Yes, exactly. There are no such things as witches. But if you pretend to be one, then we're going to, then you'll get, uh, you, you won't get burned. You'll get one year's imprisonment. <laughs> um, but they didn't have any evidence, really, uh, other than they apparently, and I couldn't find this in any other sources, so um, they had a hat that they found that read HMS Barnum. Now, the problem is that in 1939, they stopped putting names of ships on the uniform hats so that Germans wouldn't figure out the name of the ship when they attacked it. Okay. Um, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so that's a little weird. Uh, but most of it was just relied on it during this court trial was on witnesses as evidence. Uh, and Helen even offered to perform a seance in the court. And uh, what do you think the judge said? <laughs> uh, go, can, can I see you in my quarters, please, for a moment? <laughs> He's just like, and Helen, then... fuck, dude. <laughs> yes, tra- yes. We're trying to help you. <laughs> um, she was found guilty of witchcraft, but not um, fraudulent activity. So that means, you know, she was practicing being a witch. Um, she was given nine months in prison. Upon her release, she promised to stop doing seances. Because she, I think it was like in 1944, so the war was still going on. She probably was like, I think I've learned my lesson for a little bit. <laughs> um, but she obviously then kept doing them in private. 1956, she was arrested for breaching the peace during a seance. And then she died the 6th of December, 1956, at the age of 59. The only place that mentioned uh, which she died of, which was a heart attack, was that Curious Characters podcast. I didn't see it anywhere else. And when he said he couldn't really find any evidence. So maybe she died of being a witch. Who knows? Maybe Um, (laughs) she died of a heart attack, but also she was burned at the stake. So she did have a heart attack. It's very confusing. (laughs) She was like, I I mean, it was heart heart attack induced by burning at the stake. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, So the 1735 witchcraft act was removed from British law in 1951. Oh my god. So if you're practicing being a witch or you are claiming to have supernatural abilities, that's fine. I think you just then can't ask for money for it because that's fraudulent. Oh, right. They're yeah, they're like, "Hey, you could just go around town fucking casting spells if you want." Yeah, but yeah just don't bother anyone else and can't whore before. yourself out for spells. <laughs> you can't you can't be like Exactly. Okay, that's that is pretty clear. I mean, honestly, I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna test my luck. I'm gonna walk around town pointing a, an old fucking <laughs> drumstick at people. Yeah, and then just be like, like, this is my wand. They're like, that's an old drumstick. I'm like, I know, but I caught it at a concert in 1974. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh my um, god, that's crazy. So, yeah, and there's still it's still not clear how Helen Duncan knew about the um, Barnum boat sinking i mean i'm sure like she was super popular she had people that were very high up in the world that would go to her and believe in her right so i'm sure somebody just told her it. or who knows man or <laughs> that ghost was really there who, who knows? Fucking knows honestly um, i just like sometimes i'm just like yeah could have been a thing and people are like mm-hmm. there's no way i'm like okay well whatever i mean 
Good on her for the showmanship, the, the ability to... Here are some various connect- collections of ectoplasm that they found. Uh, you were saying that she tried a lot of things. So, yeah, so paper or cloth mixed with egg whites, surgical gauze soaked in resinous fluid, which I don't know what that <laughs> means, lavatory paper, yeah, butter, muslin, and then cheesecloth, which I think was probably her preferred thing. Um, there is a bit of a, if you Google her, they'll say like the last witch in England or whatever, um, because she was charged with this witchcraft act, but she actually was not the last person to be charged with this. There were actually three other people on trial alongside with her and she got, and they were sent to uh, prison as well. And the last person to actually be convicted uh, from the 1735 witchcraft act was, uh jane rebecca york so she wasn't the last person and also she's not a witch they weren't claiming she was a witch like as we just said you were you were um you were spelling to be a witch you were spell whoring (laughs) you were yeah you were spell whoring knowing generally (laughs) that spells didn't do anything it's like selling somebody a broken i don't know right it's a lot just fraudulence i guess i mean it's but it's but it is funny because it's it's so like there's something where we just want to be like yeah you condemn (laughs) yeah they're like she actually wasn't uh guys she wasn't saying she was a witch but was she thinking it (laughs) but the funny thing is is like even during this time like the public was really on her side there were protests all the time even when she was in prison um and and people are still they sent in an application for her to for her to be pardoned, still to this day. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. So you know what? I would I dream of having that kind of time on my hands, just being like nothing else <laughs> in my life matters. Just to be like, I'm gonna see if I can pardon somebody who's been dead for a hundred years. Yeah, like, yeah. Get a life. That time. That's that's for. <laughs> get a job. <laughs> yeah. Do something. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that um, your history, Carla? That's my history. Do you want us to bring us into the drink? Oh, buddy. Uh, this is a fun one. This a little, is a uh, witchy. It's kind of witchy. I mean, it had so many elements uh, of uh, sort of these stories that I thought were funny. It's called the Flaming Dr. Pepper. Um, mm-hmm. This is a drop shot. I enjoyed it because uh, it's flaming. Uh, Yay. It, that's scary. It tastes, yeah. uh, it doesn't have Dr. Pepper in it, so it's mimicking the taste of Dr. Pepper, which I thought was Ooh, yeah. sort of gruesome. Fancy. Yeah, say it, sort of. Mimicking the dead relatives. People. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's a fake doctor. That's Those are all the things that I'm <laughs> pretending that are why we picked it. Um, yeah. No, I thought it was fun. This, was, this is a drink that I had for the very first time down in Austin, Texas. Uh, I had it. I, would, uh, I was at a comedy festival and we asked for like, we're like, well, what's your favorite shot? And they were like, you have to do uh, this. It's just like, it's it's a your rite of passage in Texas. Mm. The thing, it's it's a fun drink. So what if what is a flaming Dr. Pepper, Carla? Yes. What is a flaming Dr. Pepper? Um, well, it's just half a pint of beer. Mm-hmm. And then they say about a three quarters of an ounce of amaretto and uh a quarter ounce of overproofed rum so what you do is you you pour the shot three quarter ounces yeah. of amaretto you top it with overproof rum or like absinthe you're just looking for an overproofed alcohol that'll burn really easy oh right okay 
That's all that is. It has, it literally has nothing to do with the taste. You're burning it off right away and it floats on top of the amaretto because it's lighter. So you light that puppy up and then uh, you drop it into the beer and then you chug the beer. So, but it tastes like Dr. Pepper, (laughs) which is crazy. Kind of. On fire. We are not doing the drink right now, but we are going to do it later this week and we'll be filming it. So. Um, see us lose our eyebrows Woo! yeah why are we not doing it because we have no business drinking at three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> and doing drop shots that's why but yeah. we're gonna film a little video later on it's uh it looks i've seen it but so what the way they do it in the bar is they actually mm. so they actually do a bunch of them so they line up they line up all the shots or yeah. all the pints of beer and then they put the shots like tip on each glass so that's oh. all stacked on, on top of each other. They poured yeah. the rum on the top. And then actually the way the bartender did it then, but this is not COVID safe and it will probably <laughs> never happen again, is he right. put the alcohol in his mouth and oh. then he spit it out and lit his own, like lit the booze that he was spitting out on fire. Mm. And it lit mm-hmm. all, it lit it all on fire and it knocked all the shots out. But it was like, I mean, the flame was incredible. Like it was like, That's I was cool. like, whoa, he was like, stand back. And I was like, there's no way. And it was like, <laughs> boosh, blow your eyebrows off. <laughs> it was so fun. But COVID's never going to let us have fun ever again in our lives. No. So we won't. You Which just is fair. Have- I don't know if I need to have somebody blowing, blowing their, their, near spit fire. their spit fire. <laughs> for some reason i enjoyed it i liked it at the time um like back then it was it back then back back in the before days somebody called it yeah the before times which i thought was really funny (laughs) Uh, recently i saw a comedian be like remember the before times and i was like oh yeah that was hilarious (laughs) um so here's the thing i i've heard that it was made in texas that it was right. created at um, the uh, Tarnington Club in Byron, Texas, located near Texas AM University. Um, so, but they also say that potentially it could have been made at the Gold Mine Saloon in New Orleans, um, and oh. that they both claim to have invented it in the 1980s. So. Right. Yeah, it does feel one- very 1980s, and it does feel very. I would say more New Orleans ish. Then really, then well, Austin, Texas is well. This is no. This is saying uh, the, a club in Bi- uh, Bryan, Texas. So let's figure out where Bryan, no. Texas is. Is that near Austin? <laughs> uh, uh, I just yeah. mean in terms of like fire, like showmanship. Yeah, I think you're right, dude. Texas, I'm more associated with barbecue and <laughs> the- uh, hating abortion. But you know, yeah. that's. That's only only you're only allowed to. Well, Austin is such a a, a different little city. That's right. Actually, like enclave. It's like yeah, it's this tiny little just like artsy little blue town. Yeah, on on enclave, not enclave. No, it's it could be it could be on a clove. You never know. Um, (laughs) Well, there's people smoking clove cigarettes in the in Austin. I bet you there is, man. Um, Hipster. Very hipster. Uh, this the little town of Bryan is is right dead smack in the middle of Houston and Austin. Actually, it's kind of still in the oh, middle okay. of nowhere, and it's a college city. So, right. Yes, um, this also feels very much like a college. Shop. This feels like a college thing. Like, let's light it on yeah. fire. Our buddy blows it out his mouth and fucking lights all the other <laughs> drinks on. I don't know if this was specific yes, to this yes. bar, but like, 
I know that that's how they did it. it was, and it yeah. seemed very much like a thing you would do. It looked like it was invented in the movie Animal House. So right. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. It was so fun, dude. It was like, it was such a cool thing. And I just thought it's, you know, I, I honestly, I forgot about it. And I looked up flaming cocktails. And then this was yeah. the first one that came up. And I was like, I, this is my favorite. How could I forget about this? Well, and it's very much about the showmanship, which is very much what seances are all about, right? See? Sometimes there I'm paying go. attention. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to try. We're going to try make this in a video a little later. Uh, and if we don't light our faces on fire, we'll share with you that uh, that, Im- <laughs> that concept. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll end up on the internet. Uh, yeah. With, with burnt eyes, <laughs> scorched eyebrows. Like, it will be yeah. on camera. So that'll be yeah. nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Um, one other person that I wanted to mention, if you're kind of into this whole like exposing the tricks and techniques of spiritualists or whatever, uh, James Randi also a guy to check out. There's a really good documentary about him that I can't remember. I think it might be just called like the famous Randi or something like that. But anyways, check him out. The Ouija board was first advertised in 1891. Oh. Yeah, so a lot older than I thought it was. But yeah. obviously, because we talked about back then, it was not a, like, scary thing. It was just a thing. It's like a board game, kind of-ish. Yeah. Um, Mary Todd Lincoln, who is Abraham Lincoln's wife, conducted seances in the White House after their son, who was aged 11, died of fever. So, again, it's this, like, Contacting. You know, wanting to reach out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, let's be honest, that's not the weirdest thing that's been done in the White House. (laughs) (laughs) You like cigars? (laughs) Uh, There's a very interesting shower that was installed in the 60s or 70s. I don't want to talk about (laughs) Who was that under uh, Kennedy? Uh, (laughs) No, who was the one after? I think it was the one after. Reagan? No, before Reagan. I can't remember. Anyways, um, speaking of heads of state our uh prime minister Mackenzie king i think we've oh, yeah. podcast before <laughs> but favorite. oh yeah he was really into seances um and after he was not prime minister anymore he would communicate he would hold his own seances and he would communicate with leonardo da vinci wilfred wilfred laurier theodore roosevelt yeah <laughs> your buddy and his mother. Um, so for anybody yelling at Trudeau, fucking, there was a guy that was like, try. I'm sure he was talking to Leonardo da Vinci. I think I'm sure Leonardo da Vinci in the afterlife is like, hey, I'm gonna go talk to this weird Canadian prime minister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also had five cats named Pat. I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> to remember to pat them is that what no i think he just kept like what they kept dying and he just kept naming them and then he kept trying to contact them um, and he would also hold seances to contact his mother about uh policy his mother's dead so he would oh. hold seances in in uh in on parliament hill and just be like <laughs> you, know, so you know what trudeau's no. fine with his little mess up of funding He's not. Sure. This is not based in policy on. Uh, this is actually a Reagan also used to do that, but that's not astrology. Yeah, that I mean, hey, I, 
<laughs> we're not always picking the smartest person to be in there. Sometimes we're yeah, just picking, we're just going like, oh man, I think he's better than the last guy, or I hope yeah, he's better exactly. than who else is there, or <laughs> yeah, or I've let seen him that do guy his seances before, for God's sake. <laughs> it's guesswork, anyways. Sure. Yeah. So that's a, that was a that's, Mackenzie lines. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Pat. Uh, it was Lyndon B. Johnson who uh, was putting. Uh, weird shower weird shower he was just caught he was just obsessed with renovating the white house over and over i think he like made people watch him in the shower or something i mean churchill also would have full conversations with people while he was in the bath so i don't know something about white old white men doing stuff and it's fine hey i gotta say i honestly love calling a friend in the tub (laughs) would you have like professional meetings and invite people into your tub like to sit by your tub if people would agree to do it yes yeah. <laughs> i get so much account. i do my best my clearest thinking in the tub you probably get the best of britney if you just stood outside the shower and listened to me like calmly and rationally think things through i think that's same for a lot of people we're our smartest in the shower we're also like i also find i have a lot of fake arguments in the shower oh yeah like of old things that i'm like i said this and then i would have been the king of the argument um uh yeah this is my favorite bill burr joke is him screaming in the shower every morning <laughs> just to like control himself and then his wife coming in to check if he's okay and he's like oh, i just burnt myself she's like again it happens every day <laughs> um which is <laughs> my favorite uh yeah oh my god is that is that it for the week that's that's it that's, that's our us seances. that's we didn't do the thing and we're not gonna do the thing but we're gonna yeah. do the the drink thing so we'll do the drink thing i'm not doing a seance i want to what do i need now. another ouija yep. board to appear in my fucking bookshelf no thanks <laughs> i'm, I'm uh, all filled up be, on scare tactics it would be freaky if you went back now and there's just one there just like in the old house in parkland mm-hmm. i'm just like oh mm-hmm. god um <laughs> you just go knock on their door you're like excuse me just wanted to check i have a quick um, question about your bookshelf they're like this whole house has been renovated i'm like has it or was it always they're like that doesn't make sense you need to go uh, so i'm like do you guys want to watch me have a bath they're like please leave the cops have been called um, <laughs> oh fun oh we have fun you guys we do this every week uh and this month we're it's all gonna be kind of halloweeny focused we have a fun guest we won't tell you who but uh she may or may not have been on the podcast before and she's gonna make another appearance uh for our halloween episode so look forward to that and uh yeah keep checking in and uh yeah check out our patreon we're doing some more fun series over there uh you can hit us up uh on our patreon at www.lifepairingspodcast.com uh, and on the top right-hand corner, you can click the Patreon button, and uh, you can check out what kind of extra bonus content we have, some extra series we do uh, uh, occasionally. That's fun. We just finished up a summer series. We're now we're going to do a natural disaster series. We did a tragically hip series, uh, and we paired that all with alcohol. It's just a little bit different format. So check that out. Um, yes. In the meantime, in the between time, uh, I will be on Roast Battles Canada. Uh, uh, that's going to come out October 11th. And um, it's going to be a fun little thing. So check it out. Um, that's on CTV. Uh, Carla, do you have anything you want to promote? 
I've got my book out, Sleep When You're Dead, uh, kind of talking about people who don't sleep for a little bit of that. It's a little scary. There's aliens. Um, <laughs> and you can check out my uh, TikTok, which my cat and I are supposed to be doing a thing on. <laughs> You're so. like, please subscribe to us in any way you can <laughs> so that we can tell our agents that we're doing get stuff. A traditional- she won't go out and get a traditional job, and she won't re- ride that damn uh, Roomba. Oh. So I've had to come up with other ideas for income. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll, we'll catch you next week. Uh, we love you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>